Hello, this is the 36th episode in the Creative Flow podcast series, hosted by Anthony Villani and Kimberly McKernan. It features discussions with thinkers and change agents, important to the science of creativity. Our guest is Jane Fisher, a creative change facilitator for individuals and groups who focuses on the tools of applied improvisation and creativity. Jane holds a Master of Arts in Health Arts and Sciences from Goddard College and a graduate certificate from the International Center for Studies and Creativity at SUNY Buffalo State. Jane is a creative trainer at the Creative Education Foundation and has over 25 years of experience developing and delivering educational sessions. She has 20 years of experience as a professional improv comedy performer and is currently a comedy sports buffalo and twisted sister act member welcome jane thank you for having me jane can you please share the story of how you became involved in deliberate creativity absolutely uh, about uh 22 years ago now and the number keeps getting higher every time i tell it so it's that darn whole thing of time marching on. About 22 years ago, um, a, a group of us in um, my hometown of Jamestown, New York, were, we were multitasking at karaoke night, is actually what happened. And uh, while you're sitting there waiting for the songs, there's a television on in the corner. And at the time it was, uh, whose line is it anyway? And if you're familiar with that show, you know that it's a, a show about improv. And we, we were a group of friends and we said it would be great if there was an improv group in, in Jamestown. Took a beat. We should start one. And it just so happened that a, a gentleman who had uh, performed with Comedy Sports Buffalo, ironically, had just moved to town and some folks knew, knew him and uh, we had him sort of train us and coach us and we performed for 15 years under the name of the Unexpected Guests in Jamestown. And um, a few years into learning and practicing and performing improv, I realized uh, how this is sort of influencing how I react and respond and think in the offstage moments. And I wonder if anybody else knows that. And I did a quick Google search and realized, yeah, thousands of people are way ahead of you on that. Uh, So I found ways to hook myself up with these folks through everything from uh, reading about it to to contacting them, having chats about it, to uh, finding little conferences or meetups uh, where I could. And uh, so I found uh, the Applied Improvisation Network and I sort of uh, stayed distant but connected. And uh, and I, I thought, there, here's the thing. This is a thing and this is great. And this is really what I want to um, put some intention into now. And another act of seren- serendipity and connection came came by when we had a uh, a gentleman who was uh, he was a former member of our group and he came back for a little bit and and stayed friends with us and during the conversation about my newfound love for applied improvisation he said have you ever heard about the the grad the program at Buffalo State and I said no and he being a graduate himself proudly told me about it and I my honestly my first reaction was this sounds great but creativity 
and, and listen and stay with me because my mind has changed. But at the time it was, but creativity is, is really about the, it would be exploring the art of improvisation and, and theater and, and it's that, and that's not really what I am. I'm a terrible visual artist. And uh, this is not really, I mean, it's interesting, but it's not what the thing. So after a few more conversations with him and doing some investigation myself, I thought, oh, oh, no, this is the thing. Okay. And so like we all ascribe to do every day now, I was one of those folks who had my mind changed and um, promptly got myself into the program. Uh, I did the graduate certificate program as I already had a master's and didn't feel like I had the energy to do a full master's at the time, but certainly loved. I remember coming back from the first day or two of the the program and um, I was literally in tears because it was this whole thing of I found it and and what it meant was several different things, whether it is my group, my tribe, my my crowd. Uh, this is the thing I've never been able to name. This is something that I didn't know it existed. So how could I name it? But here it is. Uh, so that's how I found the program. Um, and that's how I became involved in it. It's hard to recall a life without it now at this point. Wow, Jane, I'm so glad you found it. It's a great community. <laughs> yeah. So there was a BC and AC before creativity and after creativity. It really is. It really was. And, and, and the, the other piece of it that was unexpected to me, oh, we're staying with the theme. Um, the, the unexpected part of it was not only did I find the creativity part that deliberately applied to what I was coming in interested in with the applied improvisation, but all of these other aspects of creativity that I never knew existed or I never knew how to name them or articulate them. And a real unexpected benefit was I had not anticipated covering leadership in this program. And when I was hearing about creativity and applied improvisation, it was much more individualized in my head. It, but this program, in addition to, to refining and, and advancing and filling my cup and so many other, filling my vat, if you will, filling my silo of, of what I needed for, for my own creativity, I had not expected leadership to be so changed. I had come from a point of view where leadership was not, a th it was just another way of saying management. And it was not necessarily healthy and good and certainly didn't ring true to me. And the way that I then practiced it as a leader, when this program happened, it was actually serendipitous on so many levels. Um, but the other way, the reason I'm glad I found it was I was in a, a leadership position and what I carried to that new leadership position with new folks and, and um, coming into a, a new job was an old style of management slash leadership um, that was, what I thought was the way to do it, the only way. And it didn't, it didn't feel good. And to me to be led that way, but I thought this is what you have to do. And, and it certainly didn't feel good to lead that way. And I'll, I'll tell you, I was a terrible leader for the first couple of years. And it was, so it was really good that I found this program because it happened at the same time that it 
showed me all the things that leadership could be. And, and I'm not going to say should, but might be. And, and the ways in which creative leadership can bring so much more to the table. And once I realized, yes, this is a valid way of doing it. And this, this, as Tony said, this BCAC, this BC era of this is how you manage programs and people, um, was not what I had to do. And once I understood that and unleashed that and empowered that, things were exponentially better. Everything changed and everything improved. My leadership improved, my, my our office improved, my, our relations. I was terrible because I was trying to do something that wasn't working for me and wasn't working for them, but it was the only thing I knew. So yeah, the creative studies program, um, saved me in, in more ways than one. Well, let's build on that because you walked in to the program with uh, years of improv experience mm-hmm. and you walked out with uh, a whole new view of leadership. Yep. So let's, you know, you have the peanut butter of creativity and the chocolate of, uh, yes. of uh, improv, uh, Let's bring them together. How did you manage to bring them together? How I managed to bring them together was the first thing was having people validate it and say, yep, these things matter. And uh, because before that, it was just, you know, this is that's a nice concept and a nice idea, but it's fluff and it's not very professional. So I just want to put that and I'm not going to talk about that BC life anymore because you and so moving forward how i was able to combine them into the oh the, the chocolate and peanut butter analogy is, is so wonderful oh thank you tony uh, one of the the key ways that it fits is is simply at its core uh improv is really a an immediate balance of divergent and convergent thinking it's 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 a balance of spontaneity and and creation and within constraints that's what happens with with improv um you'll notice that's why they you get a suggestion it's not just start a scene out of everything even then the notion of 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 any kind of improvisation starting with a suggestion is creating a constraint um and so the divergent thinking component of creativity connects with improvisation in that they're both about creating ideas they're both about um working with reality of the moment saying this is it's that yes and and it's with it's working without expectations working without editing it's it's true deferring judgment in action live then that's what's happening um with improv and it's offering new and exciting possibilities in improv it's creating the scene work right and it's the connection then with convergent thinking and all of this is happening really quickly within the brain. It's not a, a, a post-it facilitation process. It's happening, synapses are firing to make this divergent convergent sort of dance happen at, at lightning samba speed in, in the brain. And so the, the convergent is really about the, we've established agreements ahead of time within the group and within the art of improvisation that we know what we need in order to move a scene forward and so we take all of this divergent dance of possibilities and filter them through this convergent what makes a good scene and what makes a good scene partner and that that whole uh 
coming up with things and filling into that funnel happens over and over again um, within moments of the stage. And it's it, the creativity happens within each of that. And it also happens within the conditions. Many of the conditions, principles, practices, mindsets of quote unquote good improvisation are the same conditions, principles, practices, and mindsets for creative climate, for example. They're literally almost the same thing because you do need the all four things. You need that creative environment or press, right? You need that in order to create that creative product, that scene, and, and have the process of the art and the games and the structures, and of course, the, the creative person and the mindset. So they're all there. It's a, it's a very, very clear connection to me now. I love that. And so let's build on that a little bit. Um, tell us about your work now. You know, how are you implementing this in your work and how has it evolved over time as you grow your own business? So I started uh, doing work with applied improvisation before I got into to the, the creativity piece of it. I started exploring what I might be able to do with applied improv and, and that certainly that work was really enhanced 12-fold by, by the, the program and, and by learning a bit more about creativity and by even the creative community to which I was introduced. Um, but the work that I do is, um, it has a center in applied, it has a dual center, um, a nougat center, if you will, if we're going to stay with that candy theme of, of applied improvisation and creativity, always at the core. And then one of the things that I think speaks to how I've always been sort of innately creative, but never have been able to name it. Uh, but looking back on my life, since I was small person, um, is the notion of making connections and what else can I put with it? And so Tony, that's why your chocolate and peanut butter analogy is great because I love the Reese's person. That's the kind of thing that I like. What happens if I put this with this or connect this with this? Um, and so my work has evolved in a lot of different ways, but again, I keep applied improvisation and creativity at the core um, because I find that those are my strongest roots and those are the roots that make sense. Um, when I do work that calls for a greater piece of applied improvisation, I work with individuals or groups um, using the principles and practices of improv and um, to call on that. And again, they're, they're quite the same as, as what Ekval, for example, established as the conditions for creative climate. They're almost, they're called different things, but each one of them connects. And so I'll, I'll work with, with groups in, in using um, exercises to be sure and activities to be sure and games from the world of improv. But the magic happens in the debriefing and really what is happening in order for you to improvise um, and with these activities and with these exercises and with these games, what was happening yourself what were, your th what were some of the things you were thinking, feeling, experiencing, noticing, wondering, and then what was happening in the interaction space? So it's the rich debriefing space um, that is colored in context using improv as, as, the, as the vehicle. And that's sort of where I started. And I still do that, but now I will also further connect to the conditions for creativity and 
I think that has certainly helped because it's given me more language, more chance to to find somebody in the group may not the improvisation piece may not ring to them, but may, perhaps the creativity piece may ring to them. And so being able to connect and have all sorts of those things in my toolbox works. Um, I also use it in uh, applied improvisation and, and creative problem solving in, um, I do coaching as well. And I use creative problem solving as the core for that. Um, and sometimes improvisation, depending on who the client might be and if they're open for that. Um, and that's kind of fun to, to work with that, if, especially if that's a challenge point for them um, in terms of, of having that improvisational mindset. A lot of times the coaching clients who, I, who are drawn to work with me and who I'm drawn to work with, it's that one of their key points is stepping out of their comfort zone. And, and, and being a bit more playful and creative and, and inventive. Uh, and so applied improv often works nicely with that. But what I, the other things that I infuse and, and that I have picked up along the way, I feel like, um, I feel like Little Red Riding Hood or something that all these simple things that I keep picking up and putting in my basket. And it's, it's uh, you know, everything from positive psychology, appreciative inquiry, um, lap, using laughter or humor, uh, all of these different approaches and uh, processes or frames of thought to be put together and, and connected because each one of them is a little connective spoke and they all connect together because we humans are certainly not one dimensional and we don't have one experience in our life or in our work. So doesn't it make sense that our approach and our, and our work also has these Yes, ands, and, and, ands. And that is something that is, has worked uh, quite well for me is, is to have that connective piece. The program, my, my work has also evolved both as an individual practitioner and as a practitioner with the Creative Education Foundation in that I am drawn to work with folks who work in health and human services uh, or any kind of space where it is humans helping humans, or at least that's what they're supposed to be doing. Um, anywhere where it's, it's that, because even though I said I wouldn't talk about BC before, I'm gonna talk about BC, that I, I know what it's like to be in an environment where some of the stakes are high, the heart gets heavy, and you are meant to help refuel, rebuild, um, rehabilitate, reinvigorate other human beings or human communities. And that can get tiring on the body, mind, soul, spirit. And it'd be working in that space, doing some of this work without an, either a personal outlet for creativity, improvisation, joy, positive mindset, what might be, or a group mindset or a group approach that, that looks at work and looks at team that way can be extraordinarily debilitating if you don't have that. And so I think creativity and creative leadership is essential for the well-being of both the individual and the team that works with humans helping humans. And so that's still at the core of my work, but it's it's something that I'm ever more mindful of um, as I go. So that's those are just a few different ways that the work is evolving, but it, it, it evolves every day always something to learn. How exciting. It, it feels like the uh, health and human services is your uh, jam. 
It is. Can you talk about something um, with as much as you care to reveal of a recent success story in that area or anything that you feel would be, here's a good example of doing what I love to do? Yeah, I can, I'll, without getting too in-depth, because that, that can be revealing, I actually can give some quick little little morsels of, of some success for a couple different ways for the applied improv piece I'll, I'll, there's a success in that there was a person i knew a colleague a professional colleague who she fully admits this almost every time that we're together that when she first heard about the work that i did she thought it was fluff and and odd and thought that it really wasn't a thing and she was involved in a group that had me do a session that I, I do regularly with this group. And at the end of the session, she said, that just changed my, my mind completely about you, what you do, why it matters. And she has been one of my biggest cheerleaders in the six years since that happened, uh, because she, she recognized herself that she'd never explored the value of an improvisational mindset or relationship as something that really came to light or could come to light in the, in a workspace or team space. And until she was able to what? Practice it, uh, which is what the, the great things about applied improv is, is that you can practice things like collaboration and, and communication. There's no aisle in Office Max for you know collaboration next to the post-its. There's no app for it, you have to practice it. And so that was, she fully just said that changed everything just by being able to experience it. And I, I understand it now. And, and um, from a, a coaching standpoint, working with somebody who, um, who was like me and that, that she thought that she had to be um, in the, in the, if we look at the learner's model world, she was an all implement all the time. And she thought, and she was trained that everything before that didn't matter. And that every only thing that mattered to her work and quite frankly to her self-worth was implementing. And until we got into that conversation and sort of took it back and allowed her to explore what it meant and what it felt like to really sit with clarifying a challenge and playing with ideas and really developing and refining some solutions and why that mattered and why you could play with those pieces, she'd never been given permission either by herself or by her workspace to do that. And so even allowing her to see how that felt in order to, to solve challenges and solve problems, but even to just get into richer thought, um, not even in her work and in her life, she, always just felt such pressure to bang 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 and once she realized and practiced and explored what it felt like to really sit with a question and that it wasn't wasting time that, that there was so much value in sitting with a question it opened up a world to her and she's so she has told me that she's so much more calm um yet she she finds more more interest so she's stimulated but calm and it's it's the energy is coming from a possibility place rather than a pressure place now and so she's she's really she really took to it um so those are two different ways and then my own personal success 
is, I mean, as I said earlier, it changed me and it changed my approach. It, it, it saved my, my leadership, it saved, probably saved my job, um, but it's, it saved me in a lot of different ways. And one of my, my third success story, I'll tell you, is the creative community that, that, that I was able to find through the program and through all the spokes out of the program and how just the connective nature of that was, I consider that a success story for the program, for the community and for myself. And that's something that, um, again, I can't imagine not having because it's like, it's like having an encyclopedia, a YouTube channel, a, a Google, a, a good book, but in human form all over the world, that it's just this human library of, of creative folks that sort of, you know, I'm going to open up a Kim today and learn about, uh, about appreciative inquiry more about how I can use that a bit more with my CPS. And I'm, Ooh, and here's a, a, here's the Isle of Tony and I can go down this aisle and I can find out all great things about coaching and connecting to a person and connecting that to CPS. And, and so that's a success to me too. Not my own success. Well, it is my success because I'm connected with them, but it's, it's the greater success of, of just something that's come out of it that was again unex unexpected theme for the day we love those unexpected i do they're good yes and and jane i have to tell you that i've had the privilege of seeing you moderate and facilitate um a lot of a lot of events um particularly with the creative problem solving institute and um also we we've had some connections with the ub medical school as well and you bring a wonderful humanity and lightness that is so needed in many work environments. And you're, you're really, I love the humanity that is inherent in what you do. So kudos. That to means you. a lot, Kim Marie. Thank you. I, I, I really appreciate that. And, and I think, again, it, it comes from, I don't want to dwell on those BC days, but I have, I have memory of them and, and yeah and so what might i be, be able to bring to this situation because do we really need a heavy does it need to be that heavy right now no. yeah so I, I i'm truly grateful for for your words thank you awesome well because you live in different worlds right mm -hmm. and then i love that you're part of creative education foundation you're part of your own business you're part work with many organizations so tell us what you, where you think the global creativity community is progressing in the future. One thing for sure, just as a precursor note to that is, isn't it so wonderful to, if you have a Google alert set for creativity now, boy, that thing's going off a lot more than it used to be. And isn't it, isn't it wonderful that the notion uh, and the idea and the practice and the valuing of of creativity is so much more prevalent now not perfect and not it hasn't seeped into all corners but it's out there quite a bit more and so i'm i i'm hopeful for that in that we keep uh in a good way converting people and 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 bringing folks in and and letting them know what's possible uh, and, and inviting them to sort of make their own meaning with creativity. I, I hope that that's where we're, we're progressing. Uh, I also uh, 
I have hopes. I'm going to answer this hopes as to, uh, versus prediction. Another hope is um, continuing to bring creative thinking and action where it feels like it won't fit. And, and I, to have those connective opportunities. And some of the fields or institutions that need creativity and creative thinking and creative mindsets most are the ones who reject it the most. And I won't mention them by name because I just won't. Um, but there are fields that, that resist them. I'll, I'll, I'll give one, I'll, I'll give one, uh, government. Um, and I'll even start, I won't even start on an, on a, I'm not even going to start on that kind of thing. I'm going to st strictly start in local, local, um, because all, all is, all is local, right? Local governments, our local lives are on, affected on a daily basis. Um, that's a group of folks with whom I've worked in a number of contexts in the last couple of years. And that's a, an institution that I feel doesn't, has not in many cases recognized the value and the worth of creative, deliberate creative thinking and action and mindsets. Um, it's a, it's an area that needs it. And so that's where I'm hoping some global work can go. Um, continuing with uh, lifelong access and, and bringing creativity to all stages of, of, of life from the smallest small peoples uh, all the way through um, to making creative spaces for folks in the older stages of their life and, and finding ways to meet people where they are with whatever that might be to boost the creative mindset, skill set, tool set. Um, to consider and connect all facets and forms of creativity. I love to see when that happens, as we just mentioned, the whether it's appreciative inquiry, whether it is uh, Lean and Six Sigma, whether it is uh, creativity in education, whether it is creative, creativity in healthcare, whatever, whatever we can do to continue to build these connective spokes. And the last thing I would say is where I would hope the progressive, where we would progress in the future, um, as I do love this com creative community, I also want us to continue to be mindful to break down our internal silos um, within our own community that that sometimes we these those little we can become isolated in the I work with with creativity, but I only call it innovation within corporations, you know, and, and it's it's that and even the those folks who are creative might even stifle their own creativity by do I do corporate innovation, I can't talk about improvisation, you are part of the creative community stretch yourself my friend, uh, or vice versa and so how might be we be mindful and, and watchful of those instances where we might intentionally or unintentionally silo ourselves from each other and and continue to grow as creative practitioners um that's what i that's my answer to that so that's a wish list rather than a prediction list wonderful insights thank you Jane. Thank you. i agree such a rich uh set of observations and uh um uh, wishes uh for a forward movement in in several areas uh, thank you yes well, we've uh, come to uh, the close and we'd love to ask uh, each of our guests, uh, tell us about your creative flow. Uh, it, boy, it varies on the day and it usually is in the form, my, my creative flow usually flows, flows out of a coffee maker into a mug. Um, that's usually, that's my favorite kind of creative flow. Uh, it's my thinking juice. 
So uh, that's just, I just, I don't know. That's just a fun little way to just, uh, I have a little thing to start my day and that's my little thing. And so I think tying to a ritual helps and, uh, and making sure that ritual doesn't become like rigid habit, uh, a, a ritual for, um, for curiosity and, and, and for fun. Um, I also love a prompt or a constraint. Why I love improv, improv is my gym, improv is my flow, that's, that's where it all comes together. But when I can't be in, in that environment, it's what kind of prompt or constraint can I give myself to, to, to boost my thinking or to have a little fun. Um, I also love the, the whole practice of doing one thing differently each day, whether it's the brushing the teeth with a different hand or going a different route. I love that to sort of keep things fresh. And as extra points, and I don't do this regularly and I should. And so maybe by putting it out there into the, the podcast universe, this will be some accountability boost. And I encourage you too as well. There, I have a colleague uh, and a friend uh, named Dr. Melissa Mork, and she's a psychology professor and um, in the Midwest. And she is a, she talks about in her intro to psych class, she, every year she has uh, her students violate a social norm in a good and non-harmful way. For example, she, some of her favorite points of referencing is that one of her students went through a, a shopping closet with their accordion strapped to their chest. Um, another person went in the grocery store, started putting things in other people's carts and, and just sort of, or walking backwards in, in places. And so this non-harmful violating social norms or, or getting in an elevator and facing backward, things like that. Um, I think that's kind of fun to play with because it just, isn't that what's fun out of create, out of practicing creativity is what might we be able to shift? What norm might we be able to violate in a good way? I don't like the word violate. What norm might we be able to alter? Uh, per perhaps is the best way to say that. So um, yeah, everything from coffee to improv to, to walking backwards. <laughs> I'm a weird person. Love it. No, no, you're uh, just as you should be. Hey, thank you. Validation. Thank you so much for joining us, Jane. Well, thank you for the, and the invitation and thank you for the work that you do. And thank you for listening. This is Kimmery McKernan and Anthony Bellani. We invite you to tune in again to the Creative Flow series. We hope you will translate your creative flow into action and that your actions change the world.